This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I'm pleased to welcome the Deputy Administrator of NHTSA, Sophie Schulman, to talk to us about vehicle recalls. Sophie, welcome to the AMBICAST. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we've had a number of people from NHTSA and DOT over the years, but this is your first appearance, so it's wonderful to meet you. And we're talking today because it is March, and March is Safety Vehicle Recall Awareness Month. Did I get that title right? It is Vehicle Safety Recalls okay, Week. Okay, so light words, wrong order. Good. <laughs> a lot of the right. Week, week, so it's not a yes, full month. it is a week, but you can always check well, for open sure. recalls on your vehicle. Sure. So this recall, you know, NHTSA is recognized for having a lot of successful high-profile education campaigns, probably, you know, click your ticket, sobriety programs, et cetera. This one is a newer one in the life cycle, overall life cycle. Uh, How far does it go back? Do you know when they started doing the recall awareness week? I don't know specifically, but I do know that we really try to tie it to daylight savings time because it's it's an important time when people are thinking about home maintenance, they're thinking about spring cleaning, and we want folks to also think about vehicle safety and go on our website and check and see if they have an open recall. And the reason why this awareness exists is, unfortunately, we've seen a growing challenge in this space. Well, of course, there have always been vehicle, or for many years there have been vehicle recalls, um, but it is something that we want to make sure that people are aware of and that they are checking and see if they are open recalls on their vehicles. So let's start with those basics. How... What's the best way to check if your vehicle has a recall? Yeah, well, the easiest way is to go to nitsa.gov. That's nhtsa.gov slash recalls. And you mm-hmm. can look it up by your license plate number. That's actually a new feature we just added. You can also look it up by your vehicle identification number. That will absolutely tell you whether or not you have an open recall. We also have our Safer Car app, which will send you a push notification if there's a new open recall on your vehicle or on your equipment. So that could be your car seat or or your tires or other uh, motor vehicle equipment. What are the trends you're seeing in the reasons for recalls? Of course, there's been over the years the high profile nature of the airbag challenge. Not the only reason for a recall. What are the current themes and trends you're seeing in recalls? Well, I would say that there's a variety of things that, that get recalled. Again, it can be your seatbelt, it can be your air pa- airbag, those really critical safety systems that are incredibly dangerous. We're also seeing a number of new trends related to over-the-air recalls, which are, you know, again, safety-critical systems that require um, a recall, but it can be provided over the air, which is a great convenience factor, but it is still a safety defect, and mm-hmm. it's something that we want to make sure that people understand is a recall. It means that you need to make sure that your software version is up to date and getting that notification is really critical so that folks have that right, that correct information in terms of the software version. It also helps us track if someone has got the remedy but it's not doing what it's supposed to do. It helps us understand whether that's actually doing what it should do. And I'll just say that one reason that's so important is, you know, you get a software update on your phone and if it doesn't quite work, your phone doesn't work. And that's Mm. frustrating, but it's not dangerous in the same way as if your vehicle isn't working in the way it should be. And so that's a really important thing for us. And we want to make sure that people understand that those over-the-air recalls are safety recalls. I think a lot of people know the concept of a recall once it becomes a recall. But what I don't know that a lot of people really appreciate is the process that happens before 
a recall is determined and NHTSA's role in deciding we're requiring a recall to be put in place versus a manufacturer choosing to put it out there. Can you kind of walk me through that life cycle in terms of, from the NHTSA perspective, when the agency gets involved in that recall life cycle, for lack of a better phrase? Sure. Well, I would say that, you know, NHTSA is a data-driven agency, and that's a really important part of our enforcement work. We have a team that is constantly collecting information from consumers, from the web, from other interactions with manufacturers so that we understand when there are potential issues that could turn into a recall. And then we work very closely with the manufacturers. And, you know, obviously we would love for them to do a voluntary recall, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes we work closely with them to make sure that uh, they are moving towards a recall and and that the consumers are aware that there's a safety defect in their vehicle. And then the big difference, of course, is once they determine there's a recall and a recall is out there, that puts the onus on the manufacturer to provide the remedy at no cost to the the vehicle owner. Absolutely. And that's a really important point. You know, it it is free to get your vehicle recalled and people absolutely should understand that. And it is, you know, completely the responsibility of the manufacturer to notify you. You'll get a letter in the mail, Mm -hmm. um, you know, make sure that that repair is free and, you know, hopefully notify you and remind you if you haven't gotten that recall done. One of the recurring challenges we hear in the space is sometimes the recall happens before the remedy is available. How would you advise car owners to handle that situation where they know there's a recall, they want to get it fixed, but either the remedy's not available, the, the parts on back order, you know, you've heard these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the first thing is to, to not panic. You know, it is, again, it's the responsibility of the manufacturer to provide that information to you. They are working quickly and we make sure that they are working as quickly as possible to make sure that they can get that remedy out to folks, but they'll also share information and updates. You know, I actually recently went through this experience myself where I had a recall on my vehicle and the remedy was not available. And, you know, I went back and checked a couple of times with the manufacturer, checked on NHTSA's website, and and I got a notification when the remedy was available. I was able to schedule an appointment at my dealership and I'm gonna get the repair for free. And so I understand that it can be a little bit frustrating when you're in that circumstance, but it's also really important for folks to understand that there is a safety defect for their vehicle, even if the remedy isn't available right away. We do also have do not drive warnings, which, you know, that can be in a very uh, dangerous situation where we would advise that you not drive the vehicle. And so that's just something to be aware of. And again, something that will show up as part of the recall notification. Is that a newer development or has that always been there that it's a recall that's so critical that don't drive it until it's fixed. Yeah, I'm not sure when that was started, but it is something that we've had in place for many recalls that were, again, extremely dangerous. The reason why I ask is one of the other conversations is the challenge that all recalls are treated equally, right? There are recalls that are safety critical and you either shouldn't operate the vehicle or there's really a real threat if you continue to operate versus a whole universe of recalls that aren't really safety issues. And I think that's sometimes the challenge for the consumer to navigate. Is this really something I have to run and get fixed? Or is it, are they recalling it because they need to put a new page in the operator's manual? Yeah, I mean, I would say that recalls happen because there's a safety defect. So we don't like to necessarily compare them in that way. And again, because it's the manufacturer's responsibility, you know, and it's provided for free to the consumer, mm-hmm. we really urge folks to get those recalls completed, regardless of whether or not, uh, you know, it seems like an urgent matter or not. And on, I guess on a similar note, because you mentioned the data-driven nature of the decisions, I know that a lot of the data that drives NHTSA's policymaking is the fatality data and crash causation. Uh, 
where are you on understanding the linkage between recalls, um, unfixed recalls, and fatalities? Is there, have we been able to make a data linkage there? I don't know that I have a specific answer to that question, but I would say that all of this fits into our broader national roadway safety strategy. You know, we have, we're looking at a number of different pillars, whether it's safer people, safer roads, this one is safer vehicles. Yeah. And, you know, this is a critical part of it is making sure that we have as many of those recalls completed as possible. We, we definitely do track fatalities related to specific recalls. You know, the Takata airbag recall, for mm -hmm. example, we right. know that 27 people died because of that. We know that there are millions of those potentially deadly airbags still on the road. And so I think we absolutely can see a connection between that uncompleted recall and, you know, sure. continued fatalities. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that as an agency, it's our responsibility to help get the awareness out there that mm -hmm. there are these, you know, uncompleted recalls and, and making sure that we're continuing to identify additional safety defects and prevent those in the future. You mentioned earlier the over-the-air software updates as, as an example. And I want to go a little bit broader on that. Technology and vehicles are changing rapidly. The software that's operating the vehicle, advanced driver assistance systems. How do you see the introduction of advanced technology in the fleet shifting recalls, the need for recalls, the role NHTSA might be playing as a uh, oversight agency around technology in vehicles versus the tradi more traditional mechanical recalls of vehicles? Yeah, I don't think that it changes our fundamental responsibility, which is, you know, working with the manufacturers to address safety defects. Mm -hmm. Just because it might be able to be fixed over a software update, it is, again, absolutely a safety defect, and it's something that needs to be recalled, that needs to be notified to consumers, and hopefully it's very convenient for them to get the fix. But we are seeing that for some of these over-the-air recalls, there are, you know, consent requirements or things that actually do require action from the consumer. And so again, it is really important for folks to be notified of those and that they, they are aware that it is a safety defect regardless of whether it's coming over, over the air, over a software update or not. Now, another type of, well, it's not a recall that you've done, but it's been asked for by some, is certain vehicles that have become high theft targets. Uh, as far as I know, there's been the request of the agency, but the agency hasn't made any action in terms of tying a recall to certain vehicles being a high theft target. Can you share where you are in analyzing that topic or considering whether or not it fits into a role where NHTSA can help? Sure. So we have been in touch with some of the companies that are, you know, uh, the target of those uh, requests. And, you know, it's something where they actually have done a lot of outreach to address this issue. It is not something that falls under our typical recall authority. Right. Um, but again, I think that the companies have, you know, uh, done a good amount to try and address this problem through other means, you know, similar to how they would in, under a typical recall scenario. Um, but again, it's not under our authority. So we are tracking it and working with them. Now, as you know, the AMVA membership and most of our listeners are tied to the community of Departments of Motor Vehicles and state police, uh, highway law enforcement. Where do you see those communities playing a role in this recall campaign, not specifically the week, but just in general, the idea that maybe people could be more aware and more proactive in dealing with recalls. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we would love your membership's partnership in Vehicle Safety Recall Week. And, and again, throughout the year when folks are, are thinking about recalls, the, the time when someone goes to renew their registration or get their vehicle registered is a really important time to check for recalls. And so that is um, you know, absolutely a place where we would love partnership in, in getting the word out that that is available 
available. We also have uh, trafficsafetymarketing.gov, which has a number of social media graphics, videos, and more available in Spanish and English. So mm -hmm. we would love your help in getting the word out about that. Um, we also have grant funding available to DMVs that we would love to get your, your communities interest in. Great. Uh, I want to go back to some of the newer technologies again, and we talked about assisted driving technology and over there software. What about the rising electric vehicles um, and, you know, whether it's stories around fires and battery issues and things of that nature, what's NHTSA's investigation going on there in terms of that piece of the technology where the fundamental, you know, what, what drives the vehicle is, is changing? Sure. Well, just like any other, you know, component of a vehicle, we do research. We are really focused on the vehicle safety aspects of it. So we do have a, a rulemaking that is has been initiated related to battery management systems, the safety of those technologies. But, you know, those are things that we, we look at just like we would look at any other part of a car and making sure that, um, you know, it's as safe as possible and that we're using our authority appropriately to, to help set, set standards that will make sure those vehicles are safe in the future. Now, I know in an ideal world, all recalls are being fixed and everyone's bringing them in. But in a data-driven agency, you know, 100% compliance might be an aspirational goal, but it may not be the realistic programmatical. Is there a goal setting that NHTSA's gone through that says if there's this universe of recalls, we currently are seeing this many recalls being dealt with, we would love to move the needle to here? You know, I would say that it's something where, you know, if you think about the Takata airbag recall yeah. in particular, when we see, uh, again, potentially deadly airbags on the road, I think that any uncompleted recall is unsatisfactory because we know that that presents a risk to drivers. And so I, I won't point to a specific number. I think it's our job to, you know, again, help promote the recalls that are available, those free repairs that are available, and try to get as many people to to check for those and get them repaired as we can. And do you think generally that's the number one barrier? I shouldn't lead you, I should just ask the question. What do you think is the, is the barrier for people to be dealing with these recalls? Well, I think it's convenience, right? Yeah. It's, it takes time. Uh, you know, you have to know that you have an open recall. You have to schedule uh, an appointment at the dealership, assuming it's not an over-the-air recall. Um, and then you have to go get it fixed. And of course, that can be inconvenient. And I think that's why it's important that people understand that these can be incredibly dangerous. You know, I'm I'm a new parent, and so I think yeah. about this in the context of if there's a car seat recall or if there's something wrong with my vehicle, my child not being safe in the car is a really big motivation sure. for me to go get my, sure. my vehicle repaired. And so I think people understanding that these are dangerous and that that is why it's so important. Well, congratulations on being a new Thank parent. You. you look far too rested to uh, actually be a, a new parent. So Thank you. He sleeps so through the night. So, yeah. <laughs> That's good. How old? Uh, he's like one and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. God, it seems like a long time ago for me, but yes, as I have one in college and one about to finish. So they're done with car seats then. <laughs> they are done with car seats, but um, not but. Yes, they are done with car seats. Uh, it's interesting, though, because is when they were in car seats is when I worked here at USDOT. And there was so much that I learned about car seats, proper installation, uh, recalls. Um, I know this is not Child Passenger Safety Awareness Week, but, but yeah, here we are. Also you know, very important. About, yes. And your yeah. car seat is covered under recalls, and so you can look up the registration number for that and make sure you understand whether or not there's a recall on your car seat as well. 
in the same, is it, a, you tie it to the same database or is it a separate uh, system that you I will have to, to follow up with you on yeah. the specific place to look That's for that, okay. but yes. But I'm sure you can find it all on the NHTSA yes, website, yes. you know, to search for a car seat recall, a vehicle recall. Are there other kind of recalls? I mean, is this a universe that maybe we're not unpacking completely? You got a vehicle recall, you have a car seat recall. Are there any others you could think of that kind of fit into this? Yeah, well, so for NHTSA, you know, it's motor vehicle equipment. So it could be your tires. It could be other things associated with your motor vehicle equipment. Our sister agency, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, yeah. handles recalls related to other types of sure. products. So, so Baby we, food. <laughs> yeah. So we cover, I think that might be the FDA. But, uh, oh, touche, yes. Um, but, but yes, but we cover everything sort of in the motor vehicle safety space. Okay, that's good. Um, what else about recalls in terms of when you have a recall and you're learning about it? Is there more that NHTSA then does with the manufacturers to get ahead of the curve the next time rather than always being reacting to? Here's this challenge again. Let's have a recall. Let's go get it fixed. There's got to be some way to say this recall is a trend. How do we stop it more at the beginning of the manufacturing stage rather than always being fixing it later in the life of the vehicle? Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to us being a data-driven agency. I think that is something where we are constantly working with the manufacturers to make sure that we're understanding, you know, the reason for the recall, the reason for the issue, and it's something that we can then, you know, use that data to apply to future discussions with future manufacturers about similar problems. But, you know, each of those may be case-specific, so I don't want to go into too much sure. detail on that. And, you know, how's that collaboration going? Sometimes there's a natural... Uh, proper linkage, proper tension between a federal regulatory body and these private sector manufacturers. And sometimes it's healthier than others. You don't need to be, you know, a detective to watch the world and know that. Uh, where are you having success in collaborative conversations with that community right now that will further improve vehicle safety? Well, I think that manufacturers understand their responsibility under the law, which is that they have to recall if there is an unreasonable risk to safety. And that's something where we work very closely with them on to make sure that we're getting that data, we're getting that information. And, you know, sometimes those are more iterative conversations than others. But, um, you know, I think that is something where we have strong uh, discussions and, sh and data sharing about specific issues. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that the recalls and vehicle safety issues fitting into the broader national roadway safety strategy. Um, can you maybe build on that a little bit more for me and give me, if that's one piece of the puzzle, at least from NHTSA, Let's talk a little bit about some of those other critical pieces of the puzzle, even though it's not necessarily recall specific, but it's it's part of a greater strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just looking at the, the safer vehicles pillar, yeah. you know, vehicle safety standards are an important part of that. And so one thing that NHTSA is working on right now is rulemaking around automatic emergency braking. Mm -hmm. We have a... a, a Notice of proposed rulemaking for light duty and heavy duty automatic emergency braking. Our light duty rule would include pedestrian automatic emergency braking. So that actually addresses multiple parts of the National Roadway Safety Strategy because mm -hmm. if you can mitigate or prevent a crash, that's going to make sure that people are safer. It's also right. going to make sure that those vehicles are not getting into, into crashes. So that's something that we're really excited about. We think it has huge safety potential, and I think it is sort of a, a different aspect of that safer vehicles yeah. lens. Uh, and in terms of the safer vehicles and the newer technology that's coming into it, what's on the next frontier as it relates to the National Roadway Safety Strategy to uh, have a new national vision around how these automated systems can further prevent or mitigate crashes? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I'll point to something like automatic emergency braking, which is a relatively mature technology. We see it in in certain vehicles today, although not necessarily at a consistent standard. And that's really where, you know, we're really focused from a rulemaking perspective is on technologies like automatic emergency braking, where there's a ability to create a reproducible, repeatable standard that, again, our statutory requirement is that we set standards that that can be repeatable and reproducible and and that uh, we can set test procedures for. So that's something that we're really focused on is getting those rules out the door and and finalizing those as quickly as possible. Uh, So what else about recalls? What haven't we talked about that, you know, you've been wanting to get out there, talk about recalls, uh, maybe some of the I know that NHTSA has been trying to seed some activities for outreach through some grant programs. Yeah, well, that's one I would love to talk about. So we have $4 million available to DMVs and states to help get awareness out about recalls. Again, I mentioned registration right. is an important time to be able to talk to vehicle owners about open recalls. So we would love to have as many states apply for that grant as possible. You can go to grants.gov or reach out to your NHTSA regional office to find mm-hmm. out more information about that grant program. And what would you you perfect world what would you love to see dmvs doing that maybe they are not doing or what would be a grant application i'm not saying you're promising money but you know hey i'd love to see somebody suggest maybe doing this you've been a car owner and a dmv customer long before you were deputy administrator at nitsa what what might else what aren't we thinking of that maybe you'd love us to think about I think just reminding folks at as many points as possible that they should check for recalls. I mean, that's why I've said it multiple times throughout our conversation today, but it is something that, um, you know, you just need to make sure that you have a regular cadence for checking. That's why, again, we associate it with daylight savings time every year because it's a natural point to to check in. And I think just having more of those interactions. Like the firemen and batteries. Yeah. The the old, uh, right, they always say check your smoke detector. Exactly, exactly. So I think, you know, again, DMVs are just a really important point people to check them, not necessarily doing the check for them, right? Because there's some states that have considered the idea that, well, I know you have this vehicle. I'm going to check yeah. and let you know there's a recall. Yeah. Nice if they want to do it, but you're not quite going that far. You say, just, just remind people to get on the NHTSA database and put in that VIN number and see what's I think there. it would be great if they want to check for them, but I think either <laughs> way, uh, just having that reminder point yeah. is a really important uh, step and and people will hopefully make that choice to check for their recalls. Yeah. So if we covered it, we've covered covered yeah. recalls. Yeah, I think so. I'll just list. say I'll say one more time, nitsa.gov slash recalls is the best place to check for open recalls. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks for sitting down chatting me with recalls. There is no shortage of topics where AMVA and NHTSA overlap. Um, not only other vehicle topics, automated driving, uh, driver, and then on the whole driver licensing side, which we didn't even talk about today, graduated driver's licenses, driver education, the National Driver Registry. Um, I want to come back and talk to you about those topics. So if <laughs> you're game, um, since this one, I, th- I think it went well. Think it went well? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So since this went so well, maybe we'll schedule some more to unpack some of those other topics because it's a really important collaboration between all the state motor vehicle agencies, state state police, and, and it's a... Yeah, and we really value your partnership. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sophie. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast. Hosted by Ian Grossman. Produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.